Beyond. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 351. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside he only does everything, Colin Moriarty. we got to avoid recording in the afternoons, man. Why? I'm wiped out right now. You, like, you complain I don't about have, I don't, everything. I don't, have, I, don't everything. Have, I don't have much energy right now, and I'm much... Literally oomph. the exact same oomph and energy as in yeah. the morning. Yeah. Coffee? Yeah. No, thank you. I don't drink coffee. All right. I, I didn't know that. No. Really? Not at all? No. Is this a I drink light- espresso like w- once in a blue moon after a Keeps a you up dinner. usually a year. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a taste, a taste you never, thing? Or, oh, I, I didn't interrupt. It's not, it's not a taste thing. I used to drink coffee when I, I thought it was cool, mm-hmm. uh, but I was like a little kid and I'd go to my grandma's for Italian Sunday dinners or whatever, and then I'd have a cup of coffee and they'd be like, all right, fine. And I was like when I was like 10. Okay. And I just don't drink coffee after that. No, after don't. 10, you gave up. Yeah, you basically. Swore it all off. Yeah. Coffee, cigarettes, narcotics. Yep. It was, uh, I gave up a kick cigarettes when I was 12. Okay. Man. Uh, they raised you rough. I don't kicked know. Kicked my uh, meth habit when I was fourteen. Fourteen. So that's why you got all your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I nipped it in the bud uh, before it was uh, too late. When did they invent uh, meth? I don't know. I don't know. Methamphetamines have been around for a while. And yeah. But, but the popularization, I think, has has been like more. Breaking Bad didn't make it popular. Well, sure, sure, sure. That, I knew, I knew that. Uh, it was well. Missouri was the number one place for meth. That was yeah. Oh, really? Thing. That was this big calling card. But I wasn't sure when it started being a thing. That's funny. I had a friend that lived in Missouri, and right next door there was a meth house. There you go. That's uh, in what their it was. Neighborhood. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that third voice you hear in the ever rotating third chair is none other than the Reverend Jared Petty. Greetings. How you doing? I, you know, I'm doing wonderful. I was looking through the stats. You haven't been on since like April. It's been yeah, a while. It's been a little while. I'm really happy to be here. I'm glad uh, to get you back in that rotating chair. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Now, why, my head will start spinning around. <laughs> There's a little projectile vomiting here after that. But You know, I, yeah, that's that's an exorcism story. I could tell that sometime. Um, Do it right now. You have an exorcism what? story when you were <laughs> It's not a much of a story. I want to uh, hear it now. Nothing now happened. I, well, there were some very nice people that were... Re- Jared used to be a reverend. Yeah, a long time ago. And... Um, now I am I'm not a member of the Catholic clergy so now I'm trading on you know strange theological ground mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there were some people that were uncomfortable with uh, with some things uh, about a place they were living okay. and they asked and I thought about it and uh, went over and went through uh, some of the rites there and to be honest with you uh, it was really more to make them feel better than thinking there were any heebie-jeebies around the place. Sure. Um, I hope I'm not offending them. Uh, saying I'm that sure they're big podcasts beyond listeners. But uh, um, um, that was, uh, and so, you, you know, there are these established rites of exorcism. And I don't, without getting too far down the theology rabbit hole, uh-huh. I don't really believe in casting spells. Okay. Uh, I don't think that if I say this, that the demon's going to do that or the angel's going to do this. You know, I, sure. I think there's a, but uh, it brought comfort to these human beings. And so I was okay with that. Okay. Good. So. You didn't feel so nothing was weird in there when you were in there. No, it felt like a, no, it felt no. like a normal house. I, I have some ghost stories. I mean, I've encountered strange well, things in life. Oh, oh okay. sure. Give me, okay. a, give me a strange one. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Is this really this kind yeah. of a divergence? This is here. a okay, podcast yeah. beyond. It's okay. a conversational podcast. It's the internet number one PlayStation podcast. Okay. Here's a ghost story. So when I was uh, many years ago, I'm a, I'm a Civil War buff, and I was camping on the Chickamauga battlefield with several friends, and we were teenagers. So Chickamauga's in Georgia. It was a, a horrible battle. Truly, just. God awful battle during the Civil War. Colin and uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I got someone here to test your stories. I'll tell you right and now. Ch- and Chickamauga, it's a big place and swampy and creepy. And but we, we weren't kind of creeped out at all. We're taking a walk at night down mm-hmm. this road mm-hmm. on the battlefield, and it was just for you know very pleasant, nice evening. And there's five of us, and we're all kind of walking side by side, right? And we're walking along, and there was light up in the sky. And somebody asked me, I remember what that was, and I said, that's the lights of Chattanooga reflecting off the clouds, which it was. Yeah. And I just remember that being the last thing I said. And here's what – I walked into something. Uh-huh. It just kind of 
like that. Yeah. And I froze, and I could not move. I just couldn't move. I was cogent that the people around me were also stopped. And try to imagine walking into something solid, and I know this is stereotypical, but something very cold. Uh-huh. And then instead of it going around you, it kind of going in you. Uh-huh. And through, and I remember to my spine, and then it like sent a shiver down my back. Yeah. And I jumped, and then I could like move again. We all looked around. It's like, did you feel that? Did you feel that? And numerous profanities yeah, ensued yeah. from our mouths, and we ran about a half a mile back to our campsite. Wow. Uh, and when that was going on, there was this this thing up ahead. I saw it was like a ditch with a bridge over it. When you were there. running? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. When, when I was frozen, I, I'm telling you this all wrong. When we were frozen there, yeah. there's this like ditch with a bridge. And we ran, we came back, we're all got tears screaming down our cheeks, we're like 16, 17 year old people crying and freaking out. Well, finally, like we went back uh, uh, much later on and there was nothing there at all. Yeah. And it was, maybe it was mass psychosis, maybe there's sure no creek and there's sure no bridge and there's sure, no, and I don't know. And that's it. That's just this weird thing. That wow. Happened. So, you know, is that a ghost story? That's not all that great, is it? No, you that was good. That was good. that was good. I lived in a haunted house. So that's a whole other story. But the power of Jefferson Davis compels and the, and the Confederates. Yeah. Jefferson Davis, indeed. A six-year term, you know, might not have been a bad idea, but uh, not Jefferson Davis, but the six-year term. Right, right, right. He right, was right. kind of a bad idea. Yeah, he was Yeah, dressed as a woman. When he tried to escape, <laughs> not true. Uh, that, that, uh, actually, uh, Northern propaganda, my friend. Northern, Northern propaganda. propaganda, New Yorker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that. this is Podcast Beyond the Internet's number one PlayStation podcast, IGN's PlayStation podcast. It posts as an MP3 every Tuesday. Sorry, we're a bit late today. There's some stuff going on, and then every Wednesday as a video that you can get on IGN.com, YouTube.com/slash/IGN, and an IGN PlayStation 4 app that costs you how much, Colin? Uh, nothing. No, Zero no dollars. dollars. Zero you, dollars. Once you buy the PlayStation 4, then it's free. Let's Just be- the cost of your bandwidth. Yep. Yeah, and the internet, I guess, yeah. Yeah, Let's- and the cost of the PS4. Sure. Your time. Uh, the, the time. Cost your time. Yeah. Uh, the surcharge that Comcast will no doubt enforce. Your electricity. Correct. Correct. Electricity. You know. Your electricity. Right. Uh, maybe some yep. interpersonal relationships. Other than that, time. totally free. Time you can important. watch all the IGN videos there. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Uh, ten items on the list. Ten. Uh, so the number, baker's dozen. Number one's a little interesting. So uh, I'll just read it and then I'll, I'll explain. Okay? okay, I like that. At the 2014 Develop Conference in the UK, Sony Computer Entertainment President Andrew House noted that PlayStation 4 is already profitable and it's selling well in every region it's available in, perhaps with the exception of Japan. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in the article, but it is not selling well in Japan, so I threw that in. Thank you. Uh, he notes that you'd have to go back to PlayStation 2 to find similar success presumably monetarily. There are a ton of articles on IGN right now with more on Andrew House and what he has to say, as well as other Sony executives. So that's based on PlayStation 4. I will have an Andrew House quote about something else later okay. in the Roper Report. I think I know what it's about. And mm-hmm. I don't want there to be any confusion. Gotcha. But if you want to learn more about PlayStation 4 and Andrew House, yeah. mm-hmm. you can go to IGN and check that out, because I'm not reading it all right now. Okay. okay. The similar success, Colin, is that hyperbole, or is there some credibility to that? Uh, it's not hyperbole in real numbers. I mean... PS4 is selling very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a lot of people have been wondering, there have been some rumors that like it's at 8 or 9 million units sold now. The last we heard was in April, 7 million. Mm-hmm. It seems a little high to me, but we'll get more into the numbers in a little it's while, too. too is a different, it, it's too damn high. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 
I don't. Everyone's like, why don't they say anything? And it's like because they're not going to announce every million units they sell. Now they'll announce it when it's ten million, and then they'll probably announce it when it's at fifteen or twenty, and then so on and so forth. It's not. It's not cool to announce like we have eight million, eight yeah. and a half million, nine million. So that's why they haven't said anything. PS4 still selling, but it's slowing down for sure. Yes, number two. The Last of Us, the Last of Us remastered has officially gone gold yeah. and is on the verge of being released. Word comes by way of the game's lead animator Mike Yosh, who tweeted out a picture of a gold bar. The Last of Us Remastered is due out worldwide on July 29th, exclusively on PlayStation 4. I should have it in the coming days. Ooh. And our review will go live shortly, Gregory. Okay. Uh, like before the release date? Yes. Okay. I suspect so. Most excellent. Um, what was I going to say about this? Oh, we were talking this morning when we were on the train about, right. or walking on the train about the trophies in The Last of Us, mm-hmm. which I mm-hmm. kind of thought were bull****. Uh, but rewarding in a way, like, where you really had to dedicate a lot. Of, oh, sorry. Yeah. Can't say that anymore. Yep. Uh, where we you have failed this. Where season. we kind of yeah kind of have to spend a lot of time with the game. Now here's the ironic part is I got all the online trophies which took me like 45 hours. Yeah. Uh, you just never went back. And I played just never the, went back and played the, the other. Now now I think the rumor is that remastered will have all the difficulty settings unlocked from the beginning. It, that is true. That's 100 so, true. Assuming the trophies are the same and that they stack, you should be able to get all of them in two playthroughs because you're still going to need to upgrade your weapons and mm-hmm. all of these kinds of things. Uh, but my greater hope, Greg, as we talked about on the train, was that they would do a completely different list of trophies. Right. And I don't think that's going to happen. No. Uh, but that would be kind of cool. That'd be awesome. They won't do it, though. Number three. Trophies. Yeah. yeah. They're awesome. By the way, I'm level 26 now. Thank you. 44 wow. platinum trophies. On the on the verge of having 45th and 46th, which would be uh, Pixel Junk Shooter Ultimate, which mm-hmm. I'm right around the corner on, and Guacamelee, which I just need to beat oh, again on PS4. On, on hard difficulty. Yeah. Now, are you a level 26 paladin, or is that like level 13 fighter, level 13 mage? No, no, or? I don't combine them. Uh, we can call it a paladin if that's what makes you comfortable. Uh, but I do cast spells, but but uh, I can cast spells like use a sword. Okay. So kind of like a paladin. So but like, I don't do it necessarily for good. Okay. Well, uh, paladins do it for good. That's yeah, and, I, and there's a religious connotation to it as you well. Cast the spell there me. is that. That's true. Although, you know, you got that weird, yeah, D&D religion. That's a whole other... Can of worms. That's basically what I know Paladin from. Okay. Number right. four. No, number three. Not number four We're yet. We're getting there. I'm very tired. Been playing Crimson Land. How's all that day. You? It's pretty good. It's on PlayStation 4. It came out Would today. you like me to tickle you? Wake you up? No, no I tickled. hate being tickled. Don't tickle him. Really? I yeah. hate being I tickled. I the hard way. Not even like you, you, not you even probably like hear me yelling stabbed. at Cheryl at night, right? Because well, I like, hear oh. you yelling at your girlfriend. Yeah, a lot of things. It's always. God only knows what's happening in there. She like loves tickling me because I. Hate it. Oh, sorry. No problem. All right. So she loves tickling you because you hate it. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Yeah, that's great. Number three. The director of Homefront Revolution has reportedly left the studio grading at Crytek UK, presumably under bad terms. Hazid Zala walked away amongst rampant rumors that the studio is effectively falling apart with folks not getting paid. Employees ceasing work on the title and protest, and more. Kotaku has much more on the developments going on at Crytek UK. Again, as we said last week, great reporting going on over there. Interesting story. Rumor is that Deep Silver might come in and save the studio itself. Um, my thinking is that Homefront: The Revolution might not come out at all. Uh, and cry- the story about you know, even though it affects real people, and this is very sad, and hopefully all of these people find different jobs, whether they're Crytek UK or Crytek in Germany. Um, thinking Todd Pappy left Santa Monica to yeah. go there, for instance. Uh, Todd Pappy, of course, direct, long-time director of God of War. Um, it's kind of fascinating watching this unravel, i got to be yeah, honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, you know, we wish the very best to everyone that's, that's affected by it, but how this happens, why this is happening, uh, apparently has to do, you know, maybe somewhat with their engine not taking off, you know, cry, you know Crytek. 
uh, you know, CryEngine, uh, and also just maybe spreading themselves too thin with some of these games. It's really interesting to think that the original Crisis was like a huge hit, and they made Far Cry. Yeah, yeah. You know, which like they like so like they have good talent and good pedigree there, but. Watching, I mean, it removed from the personal element, watching something uh, collapse is, is certainly compelling reading. Uh, I mean, it's Absolutely. a compelling story. Especially if it goes I, piece I, by piece. Yeah, if it goes it's not like just the, over. It's like slowly bleeding out. It's almost, I, I can't remember the last time since, since something like Ion Storm that you just had this absolute, complete kind of Machiavellian unraveling mm-hmm. taking place. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Our best, of course, goes out to all those affected. A lot of people are finding new jobs, apparently. Thank goodness. Um... And, uh, you know, a lot of the guys have stopped working because they haven't been being paid, which mm-hmm. is what I would do. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wish the very best to these guys um, and, and, and gals that are being affected by this. But, yeah, the story is going to be more interesting than the game, as is always the case, or usually the case. Number four. Tekken 7 has officially been announced by Bandai Namco and was revealed. It just says here, it says it was revealed at E3, but that's not true. It was revealed at e- uh, Evo. Evo. Uh, it will run on Epic Games' Unreal Engine 4, which is interesting, and will launch at an undetermined point in the future. Very little else is currently known about it. Yay. I don't really care. I'm about happy it. about the Tekken 7. Yeah, yeah, it. totally. Sure, I'm not I'm not a good fighting games guy, but uh, when I was living in uh, living in Japan, Tekken 6 had just come out in arcades there, uh, right around the time I moved there, and it was cool to just walk in and see you know the lines of people face off you know, those face to face style cabinets oh, nice. they have there, and people uh, battling it out. And it was, it was a very vibrant scene to walk into. Yeah. Even though I, I wasn't any good at it at all, people were still very very happy to kick your butt and, <laughs> and uh, be friendly to you after they did it. And it was it was neat to see. So that whole fighting game thing. I, it's that sense of community that I think is really cool. So this will further that. Hooray. Yay, games. Hooray, communities. Number five. Number five. Now we're back to Andrew House again, okay? <laughs> Andy House, Don't here get confused. Is. Please don't get confused. Sony's Andrew House notes that the future of PS Vita may be very different in Japan, where it's starting to find its footing as opposed to the West, where it's found only niche success. Is this what you thought no. I was going to say? No. And in a conversation with IGN, House notes that, quote, this is a long quote, so stay with me here. I certainly think you'll see Vita as a AAA machine in Japan where it has a different function with the console dynamic of the marketplace. That, for me, is a given. It's hard to say in terms of other markets. I think remote play is still in its nascent stages. I think we need to have better understanding. We know a lot of players are embracing it and using it and seem to like the experience a lot, but, not, but necessarily that changes the dynamic. You know, if you can play your PlayStation 4 content at will on Vita, then does that obviate the necessity of having AAA content or not? I think that question will stay unanswered for a bit. Andy House throwing out those big words. Obviously, it's a great word. Yeah, it is. He's, he's using big words, but also annoying argument that I've been hearing a lot from Sony executives in the last few months. Yes, we want AAA games on Vita, and you have to have them on Vita. Um, so, yeah, Freedom War is doing very well over in Japan, etc. You know, Vita is obviously picking up in Japan. Just past 3 million sold over there, which is nice for it. But, yeah, we need more AAA titles, and they need to pay for them. Maybe like that Bioshock Final Fantasy Tactics game that we talked about last week. Would it be a good one to start with? Oh, that would. It, th- that's everything I want in life. Uh, and, and so sad. That is so literally sad. everything I yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah, that's kind of wonderful. Mm-hmm. Let's get this. You can hear the Sega Saturn song kind of playing in the background here again. That's been pointed out many times. But here we're looking at a, a platform that's going to have strong Japanese support for a while, and we're going to get what trickle we have and cry and be sad. I'm afraid that's what we're looking at. Yes. Andrew from England writes into Beyond at IGN. Wait, Andrew from England? Andy just like House? You can. If, I hope so, but I don't Andrew think House? so. He wouldn't have is done he obviating? He's, no, he's not obviating. Good morning, Greg Collin, the ever-rotating third chair. After hearing the recent news about Sony admitting that fewer first-party games are on their way, I feel it's time to let go of the Vita after being a supporter of the Vita since its release. Buying and playing fantastic games like Persona, Killzone, and Sound Shapes, investing my time and money into the great little system. I am thinking about trading my Vita in towards a 3DS and PlayStation 4 games. Don't you dare do it. 
I, this is Andy House. He's he's giving up. God, you're giving up Andy House. What's... I feel a little betrayed by Sony. As much as I'm looking forward to Eastern games like Freedom Wars and Danganronpa 2, I don't feel I can support Sony's, quote, failing console any longer as my money can go towards a console that will be supported longer than two years. After seeing the great job Nintendo did of rescuing the 3DS, do you think Sony are wrong to just give up and admit defeat? A big beyond all of you, much love, Andrew from England. Yeah, but they haven't given up and admitted defeat. They've just changed the messaging on Vita like 17 different times. Yeah, well, so, like, <laughs> like, so, trouble. You know, and yeah, so yeah, the Vita's in trouble, and we'll get to some pertinent numbers about Vita in a, in a little while, but, you know, I'm disappointed that they're not doing more, but I understand the business reality of why they're not doing more, but Vita, I think, is going to be around for a while, and I, yes. think, that, and I think that it's doing fine in its niche, but... Doesn't for more people need to pick it up? It's around nine or ten million sold, which is not good. That's that yeah. is kind of Sega Saturn territory. Yep. Uh, or Saturn was eight million. Yeah, yeah, Dreamcast territory more like. But does it need more support? Yes. Is it fine as it is? Yeah. Are we going to continue to get new games on it? Yes, we will. And there's a lot of companies, a lot of smaller companies, Xseed and Axis and NIS and Bandai Namco bringing games over yes. still. Right. So like. It really depends, and all the indies that are coming, and a lot of the indies are very quiet right now. I mean, we just wrote a, uh, I just wrote a preview for Axiom Verge. That game is going to be bonkers on Vita, man. Yeah. Like that game's going to be awesome. That game's going to come out until 2015. So sure. Um, but that's cross. Import- that's the same problem you're always talking about, right? That right. That's cross by. It, it is, but but it's native to Vita too. Yeah. So it's not just like a thing where you have to sit with your Vita and then you're in, on the same network as your PS4 and you're playing games on PS. Like, I don't. I think that Sony's fooling itself if they think that that is the only future for Vita, that it has to have its own support too. Um, and I'd be strong, you know, I, I, I don't think we've seen the last of AAA Western development for it. I really don't. No, I hope not. Uh, but I think that we have to just have reasonable expectations. I think that the Vita right now is a machine for people that are fans of indie games and Japanese games, and it might, that might never change. Yeah. Well, I, the, I, I, oh, go ahead. I hope for the, the the same turnaround we saw with the PSP, right, where that trucked along, struggling. No, nobody was happy with it for a while there, and then there was that Destination PlayStation event where it was like, we're bringing out a MotorStorm and a little big plan and all these in Assassin's Creed, and they said, you know, we've been going on this road show behind closed doors. John Kohler made a big deal about this. We've been on this road show where we're getting people excited for it and making them understand, and you hope for something there, right? Because it seems like we get emails and tweets all the time right now, right, that people can't find Vitas in stores because the Borderlands bundles are sold out, so now what's happening is... That's the frustrating thing, right? Like, people actually want it now, and they can't find it because Sony so severely underestimated the demand for it that people are like, like, how many tens of thousands of people just lost interest in it because they're like, I can't find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they think it's dead. Like, some of these people are like, is it dead? Yeah. Is it it? I'm worried that you talked about the change messaging over and over and over again. Those kinds of mixed messages are are what cause platforms to fail. I mean, a lot, not every time, but many times that they failed. It's come from bad marketing. It's come from bad messaging. It's come from mixed signals and confusion. And while I enjoy my Vita and I think that it's got a lot of life left in it, if I want to play a few really good games over the course of the next few years, my Vita is going to be a great place to do it. But uh, I think if if you're talking about volume and you have a limited budget, Andrew's sitting here saying, you know, I'm thinking about selling this, grabbing my 3DS and playing 40 games. He's going to have more to play on his 3DS. He's not necessarily sure. going to have a better 
game, but he's going to have a better selection of games. I think that's probably true at this point. Here's the problem, Colin, is that a long time ago, someone came into the ever-rotating third chair, and I won't name names, but they came in talking about this game, Suikoden 2, and how it was going to change my <laughs> life. And there's still no Suikoden 2, Jared Petty. Yeah, uh, my uh, I, I've let America down. You I have. Mean, You've let the world um, down. We're an international I the world podcast. Down. I, Andrew in England's crying. He's, he's selling it because he's it, waiting for Suikoden. It makes me very sad because, uh, generally speaking, it, it is not free to have your game rated by the ESRB. It costs money. And yeah. Sony went out and spent money to have this rated for the PlayStation 3, and now it's just floating. I am I'm horrified. It's some it's part of some some bottom line that just got trimmed or no, something. But but I, I really do. Th- I I still think uh, with a- nothing but my soul to tell me this that yeah. we'll see it uh, uh, and we'll see it sooner rather than later. Yeah, you'll um, see it. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it's gotten trimmed. Uh, the PlayStation still got PlayStation 3. Pardon me. Still has so such strong legs uh mm. you know this this uh tree this trunk gener- of legs yeah, exactly yeah. well this generation's been uh you know next gen uh has been kind of coexisting with current gen and in, in, in a very comfortable way for the last several months so i think there's plenty out there to, to justify releasing it um Colin, and you'll be you able to play it on vita huh and you'll be able to play it on vita and that right there justifies and if i can't play it on vita jared uh yeah your ass is grass. If you can't play it on Vita, you can bring me on the show and spank me, Greg. Thank you. All right. It's Oof. all right. Sounds kind of hot. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's exceedingly rare for somebody or a company to ESRB rate something and not actually release it. So I think yeah. that there's probably just some semantics that they're clearing up in the background. It's just not time yet. It's just not sure. the time's not right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They've always been weird about this game. It has a terrible translation. I think sometimes that's that's internally caused some trouble. I mean, there was a PSP. Uh, a re-release of Suikoden 1 and 2 in a compilation pack, and they would not let him release it in the West because it had no additional features, and they were worried about the translation. It just makes me want to cry. Mm-hmm. That's why you retranslate it. Not yeah. a difficult thing I to like do. how you said it and shook your head and made those eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. piercing eyes you make. Uh, yeah, so anyway, like in terms of Vita's success or lack of success and all these kinds of things, yeah, I think it's going to be fine. I think it's just a matter of like what you're looking for. I'm looking forward to a ton of stuff coming to it. I have Danganronpa 2, I'm very excited to play it. I haven't started playing it yet. Tales of Hearts R. I'm super excited about that. There's like a bunch of indie games. Velocity 2X is going to be awesome mm. on Vita. Axiom Verge, like I said, is going to be awesome on Vita. Mm. I played something like 40 Vita games at, at E3, like yeah. for about <laughs> three or four minutes each. I was doing it for a piece. Yeah. I just never wrote it. Um, Don't forget that Minecraft. Metrico, Minecraft. Metrico is awesome. Uh, Minecraft, uh, Binding of Isaac's coming. Hotline Miami 2 is going to be on it. Uh, there's like all yeah. of this great stuff coming to Vita. So, and then, yeah, it's not only coming to Vita, some of these games, but right. then there are those only coming to Vita games like Freedom Wars. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get God Eater 2 at some point out here. Um, you know, there's there's Trails of the Skies and, and East games that are coming out in Japan that I wouldn't be surprised if they got translated. If, some, if games mm-hmm. like Monster Mon Piece are getting translated, then God forbid a world where we don't get some of these great RPGs that are coming. Um, so I just think it's very much, I agree with you, it's very much like the PSP in the sense that it's a Japanese machine, but the PSP at the point of that destination PlayStation was selling much better than the Vita was. Oh, so, sure, yeah, 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 so, yeah. I mean, Monster Hunter had done its thing in Japan, and that had given us new life over here, and I understand Vita's doing pretty well in Japan, but I, I still, it's, if a kid comes to me right now and says, hey, I can have, you know, I can have my Vita library, or I can have the 3DS library, it, it's getting harder and harder to make that, that argument when yeah. you look ahead two years. I don't disagree. Although the 3DS is not a bastion of new releases either. No, no, it's you not. You know, like so, but you can play Shovel Knight on it right now. Yeah. Yes, you can. Number six. 
Number six. Ubisoft has officially shipped 8 million copies of Watch Dogs across all platforms, following up its strong numbers from release when it sold to consumers 4 million copies in one week. On the back of Watch Dogs, Ubisoft's first quarter fiscal sales are up a staggering 374% year over year and exceeded Ubisoft's own lofty expectations. 14% of Watch Dogs sales were digital. Good did, lord. Did you like the Watch Dogs, Craig? No. Did you I, liked like it, I liked it fine. It fine. I didn't dislike it. Mm -hmm. It was just like, oh, this is just what it is. And I bailed out and did other things. Yeah, I never. I played it for a couple hours. I'm like, I've seen enough. Yeah. And you know what? I did the same thing with Grand Theft Auto V, which is bizarre. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, Grand Theft Auto V, especially I've sold on this podcast. I went to Tokyo for Tokyo Game Show. I had it ordered on Amazon. I bought it. Uh, it was there when I got back. You GTA demanded 5. me bring it home for you. Yeah, and I was so excited. And I sat down and played. I'm like, I don't want to play this. Mm -hmm. And then I started playing something on the Vita. Switch off. And that was kind of that. Never went back to it. I, I got. I think about it all the time. Are you tempted by the prettiness? You think about Grand Theft Auto all the yeah, time. Yeah, I do. I think about going to GTA Five all the time. So hmm. I beat the hell out of all the other Grand Theft Auto games, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's weird that I like don't even really know what happens in that game. But it's I'm just a, like I just don't care. It's a great yeah. game to fool around in. I, I am not not a big fan of the story, but it, there's there is a lot to just fiddle around with. I enjoy, enjoy the story. Of the game. Yeah, I like Trevor you enjoy a lot. the story. I like Trevor. You like we, oh, please fun. explain this. Which part? I, I, I all of it. Which part? Yeah, just liking Trevor in any way, shape, or form. That's oh, he's, hard he's for me fun, to fathom. I mean, like it's a cartoon. GTA is a cartoon. It, sure. It's not a movie. It's not a heist movie. I mean, it, you know, wrong. There's heist elements to it. Yeah. So, but like Trevor and it, just how terrible he is and all the goofy stuff he says or does. You're like, oh yeah, I like him. He's the most likable character of that bunch. The, the, well, they're all Franklin's horrible. way too vanilla. Yeah. Well, he's just like there and he's a stereotype. And it, then Michael is like, cool. Like, whatever. He's got a crappy family. You just want to kill the whole time, though. Well, Frank, Trevor does all the things you want to do. I, I See, I, I, I feel differently, although I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. There. Franklin's, frankly, agrees vanilla until suddenly halfway through the game he turns into a psychotic assassin with no explanation. Sure. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. And and Michael's just kind of a just a horrible person. You're right. Uh, but uh, you know, Trevor, I, I actively dislike. I, oh, no, I, I love Trevor. I, I wanted to like Trevor. Great performance. Really Goofy. But, he's funny. Oh, no, the performance. Yeah. Uh, Steve, 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 Steve Ogg, right? Yeah, Steve uh, he, he was... He nailed it. Yeah. I just hated the part he was playing. Sure, um, but uh, but at least he's not Wayne. So uh, or Wade. Pardon me, Wade. Uh, fun with GTA characters. Number seven. Number seven. The white PlayStation 4 that was announced as part of the upcoming Destiny bundle available this September will eventually be available on its own, at least in Europe. Sony's Shuhei Yoshida confirmed as much to a French site called Game One, which confirmed that the white PS4 will be available on its own after Destiny's release, but before the end of the year. So if you don't want Destiny, you want that white PlayStation. You gotta you wait. Probably get it. I want that Frozen PlayStation from Japan. which is yeah, not so white. No, weird, right? That's yeah, what I thought too. I thought it, it'd be white with like blue uh, Elsa and what's her name, but no, it's it's black with gold. Elsa doesn't yeah, come with weird. Frozen. Yeah, also weird. Yeah, kind of some weird choices there, but who cares? That's strange. Now make a pad up on PS4. Overrated movie. Number eight. Now here's where we're gonna I get into the numbers. By the way, finally. According to an obscure video released by Sony's Japanese arm, a video aimed at peripheral makers, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation Vita have combined for over 100 million sold. Now let's get out our calculators. All right. Uh, so, first of all, I should note that I talked to Sony about these numbers, and they said that uh, the video doesn't necessarily preclude that they are talking about other hardware. And I asked what they meant by this. Because does that mean PlayStation Vita TV or PSP or PS2? Because the numbers make sense to me with just those three. Here's what the numbers I arrived sure. at. Sure. Uh, in November of 2013, PS3 was at 80 million. So you can assume it's about 82 million now. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a fair number. Uh, PS4 was at 7 million in April. You can assume that that's probably at 8 million now, right? Give or take. Mm -hmm. And that leaves Vita, which we've never had the numbers for ever. 
at because they they fold them into PSP numbers to make it look better in their financials. Uh, you, I assume Vita's around ten million now. Right, maybe a little less. So maybe it's like nine, nine, and eighty-two. Nine, or something like nine, that. nine. Um, so, what, how do you guys feel about those numbers? Uh, assuming that they, you know, and what could, other hardware could they be talking about? They would not clarify for me. They, didn't, they never answered the, okay. that particular email. The fact they didn't answer, you to believe there's something else folded in, or yeah, but I, I don't yeah. know what it could be. Okay, because it, where could he be? It's like, is it like the only thing that realistically makes sense in life to date numbers is PSV to TV, and if that's the case, then it's another fifty thousand, okay, a hundred thousand. You know, so PS2. PSP that doesn't make any sense. PS One, PS One, right? Okay. So what do you what do you guys think about those numbers? You think that they're they're accurate? I want to know if they're folding in. It doesn't make any sense that they're not telling you. That it doesn't preclude but, other but hardware. Think about this here. Give me the give me yeah. this. All right. Let's assume that. All right. Let's <laughs> assume that PS Three never moved and it's at eighty, right? Yeah. And then we know seven, so that's eighty-seven. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. So that only leaves thirteen million. Right. Yeah. Now Vita, even at a low end, is at seven. So that's like ninety. That's like ninety-four million. So that leaves six million. So like, what could this be? Like, and it's not at seven. It's got to be at eight or nine million. Okay. Point. Well, don't don't forget that if you take one of Euclid's postulates a different way, math works differently. So this could be a non-Euclidean equation. Lady, I don't know what that million. means though. Okay. Well, that, that, no one. You know, it's a, <laughs> no one does. I, it's what it is. It's it's that super math. It's the imaginary number i. You know, uh, the square root of negative one. It Maybe there's access. rounding up. So. No, they said, actually, they said more than 100 oh, million. Okay. Like, so, so again, it's got to be 82, 8, and mm-hmm. 10. Maybe they're just trolling you, Colin. That video is just lying to me. They could make it up. They don't care. They're just lying to me. No, no, no. I I don't don't want to accuse them of lying. I don't think they come out with that number for some of their uh, partners if if there weren't some credence to it. I was thinking, Uh, is it move? No. Can't be so, move. Why can't it? Because move was like ten or twelve million. Mm-hmm. So that throws the entire equation off, even if the numbers are the same. Well, that'd be mm-hmm. more than, like you said, right? Yeah. There but wasn't like could it be an the ast- camera. Was there was there an asterisk uh, with projected yeah, sales yeah. to date or something? No, it like had that? like it was, if you watch the video, there's a story on IGN. If you watch the video, just embedded, uh, it has like a like one of those like ro- you know like a speedometer or like a odometer or whatever, right? Okay. Like where mm-hmm. it's just like rolling up and it goes past a million, like more than one hundred million. Units of PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation Vita have been sold around the world or whatever. And it's like, like all right. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm calling. Then, yeah, yeah, you toss the camera in. Uh, for Euclid's fourth postulate, non-Euclidean geometry, Tesseract's fifth dimension. That's what I'm calling. All right. That's is, all just uh, a, a series of words that are in any order that you could have put them in. And I don't know if they're real or not. That's because it's it's bull. Okay. Fair I'm enough. just lying. Number nine. All right. Number nine. Sony has renewed the trademark for the long-dormant PlayStation 3-exclusive teen horror game, Untold Dawn, a game hey! we first saw in person at New York Comic Con in 2012. I thought it was really impressive hmm. when I saw it there. We've yeah, been it's... given confirmation multiple times since then that the game is still in development, and we may see it at Gamescom in August. Oh. All right. There we go. A PlayStation Move game. It's a PlayStation 4 game probably now, and you have to assume mm-hmm. that uh, Supermassive is still working on it, the British studio that's been working yeah. on it for a while, and I think the idea behind it is really great. So I'm... I'm yeah. Excited to see what they've done with it. My, my, uh, I Bring everyone up to speed. I, it was, it's like a campy teen horror movie, right? right that's like, the idea. Yeah, right, that you play. So it's like, yeah, well, exactly. Big, big fan of the teen horror. I mean, that's the good stuff. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys seen Plus One? No. no. Oh, check that out. That's 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 odd. It's kind of like a Twilight Zone episode meets slasher movie. Really good. Nice. Yeah. Plus One. Plus One, everybody. Yeah, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it's neat. Is that on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's right. neat. Hey, yeah. by the way, I have a problem with Netflix. Lay it on us. Uh, yeah. The discovery on Netflix sucks. Yes. I feel like they never put anything new on there but they do but you just can never find it that, you go to new arrivals. it's garbage the, the new arrivals like nothing changes like it's the same movies and people are like did you see this was on Netflix I'm like no 
So the hell are you talking about? Is there a website or something that has like or like that you could every even, month. Every month you go to Google on about the thirtieth or so and Huffington Post and a couple other sites run lists of all the new stuff that's coming on the Netflix by series and by movie and everything that's being pulled off. And I do oh. this every month. Uh, and oh. I'll have that exact Start inviting dates. Colin over when you do it. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, Colin, you're always invited over. You do, Greg, by the way. Thank you. Uh, you're always, we'll just go specifically to look at the Netflix We'll website. walk to your desk. We'll look yeah. at it and then we'll walk You away. know, it would be cool if we had that information on IGN.com. It would be cool if we had that information on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's like the same five movies on well, there. Yeah, I mean, Netflix has a lot of problems. Don't you want to watch I, House? I, I, I miss Ice video Road Truckers? I, I miss the ability, not beca- but I, I, I do discover that now I watch movies more like I used to watch television where I'm stuck back, you know, and I'm talking pre-DVR television. I'm sitting there like, well, wait, there's only, this is all that's on. There's all these things mm-hmm. I want to see. If I was a freaking video store, I could actually right. go down and find the movie I want. Right. I rent a lot of stuff off Amazon, and that helps. Yeah, um, I use Voodoo too. That's yeah, the same thing. You exactly. can see their new release wall, you know, and that helps some. But still, like sometimes I'd be like, I want to watch an old movie. Oh, it's not there. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it's, I, I demand convenience. This is yes. the age of convenience. Come on, Netflix. You know? Amazon on. Prime be stepping its game up though. Yeah, mm-hmm. the HBO collection. Yep. Tell you what. Yep. Amazon number, Prime, all right. Number ten. Some cleanup. Here we go. Skullgirls Encore, the PlayStation 3 fighting game, is officially coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. Samurai Warriors 4 is coming to PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation Vita and will launch on October 24th. Shadow Warrior, released on PC last year, is officially coming to PlayStation 4 as well as Xbox One at an undetermined time. Rogue Legacy finally has a release date on PS4, PS3, and Vita and will launch on July 29th. I can't wait for that game. And Don't Starve's first expansion, Reign of Giants, is coming to PlayStation 4 on July 22nd in North America and July 23rd. In Europe. When's the Vita version of Don't Starve coming out? That complete edition? Uh, I don't know. I want some of that. That'd be good. You have to. Not as good as Minecraft, wherever the hell that is. All well, right, so by my count, you missed two stories. Okay. The, the first I one's the it. Andy House one that I thought you'd have. Which one is that? I told everyone that I'm not talking about Andy House anymore on this one. On too this. bad. There's, there's too many stories. Ty Eeb has something to say about All that. Right. He, wrote, he wrote into beyond at IGN.com just like you can. He says, hey, guys, I'm Ty Eeb. And he spelled it out for me, which is really helpful because he admits that's a difficult name mm-hmm. for me to understand. From Metro Atlanta area here in Georgia. My question is, despite with recent news with the whole, quote, Naughty Dog denied the use crash in fan art contest, end quote, and the Andy House quote, Let's pretend. Right, I didn't in, forget about this. Yeah, in the perfect world that Sony bought Crash and Spyro. So to bring this up to speed, in an interview, probably from the same set of interviews with Andy House, Andy was like, "Yeah, you know, we've looked into doing Crash and Spyro again, but so far nothing. Right. But we're not ready to give up the ghost on it. Right. And that was the first time in forever they've done anything and said anything mm-hmm. publicly official about it, other than their stupid PlayStation commercial that if you <laughs> blew up one section of the yeah, screen, you saw that. That was weird, though, wasn't it? That yeah. whole commercial thing was weird. Like, that was, to me, a sig- that was something. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I would have never picked that out. Yeah. But that didn't look, it was like, what, the Sony Computer Entertainment, like, logo with an arrow pointing up to a silhouette of Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or something might have been what, down to him. But yeah, that yeah. could have just been the power of two commercials in one. I mean, sometimes this viral stuff is in there to let us know something's coming. Sometimes it's so you can release something and then get double exposure by somebody spotting it. Oh, like, suddenly, you know. But you, it was so weird because everything else was a game that was coming out. You could easily link it back to something mm-hmm. that was, like, a, a current, fle- you know, fleshed out property. Whereas Crash wasn't. There's yeah. still a major problem with this, though. Yeah. Sony doesn't own that yes. name. <laughs> yes. You know, like... Activision so, still has ties in all these things. Yeah, like, Sony doesn't Hooks. own Spyro, or they they uh, they don't own Crash either, so... And that's the thing. I think they can get Crash. 
the thing about Spyro though is he's attached to Skylanders. Mm-hmm. They're never giving up. No, Spyro is not getting given up. No, I think I, yeah, I, I don't know what he means by revisiting Spyro because Spyro is actually relevant again. Um, but and you know, Toys for Bob or whatever that studio is called is doing a nice job with those and making lots of money for right. Activision. Uh, Crash, yeah, I don't know why. Activision insists on sitting on them. They they did clarify, I think, last year that they still own that IP because maybe people were thinking that there were some behind the closed doors things that were going on with the, those two companies. Mm-hmm. My theory is that Sony started putting their feelers out for Crash Bandicoot after PlayStation All-Stars because people were people were so mad that Crash Bandicoot wasn't in here. And they yeah. obviously tried. I mean, they basically just said it, you know, like without saying, like, w- like we wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, we tried to get everyone. Like, so obviously Activision's holding on to it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a new Crash Bandicoot game. I don't think it's going to come from first party. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, think I think Act- it would be smarter for Activision to release it as a multi-platform game and have someone develop it themselves. Well, here, Taib's question, after talking about the news you missed, because you're tired in the middle of the day. He said, <laughs> what Sony first-party studio do you think should work on them? This is in a perfect world oh. where Sony bought back Crash and Spyro. Uh, you can also pick a second-party studio Sony worked with as well. Personally, I think it'd be cool if Mark Cerny and Gavin Moore were, I'm charge, to make Spyro in Studio Japan, while Sanzaru makes Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, Sanzaru would be logical. Yeah, because they uh, did such a great job with Sly. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't think any of the first-party studios are... They're capable, but that's a waste of all of their talent to work on a game like a uh, platformer. Well, uh, this is a perfect world, though, where, where there are no penalties for this. Right? right. I mean, yeah, this is just... But Colin's perfect world is Sony Ben's making a siphon filter. They're too busy. Oh, okay. All right. All well, right. like, who's got the... Pe- like, who right now has the construction at, a, at one of the first-party studios to make the Studio Japan really is the only one? Uh, Pup- wasn't Puppeteer Studio Japan? Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, there we go. There, have them make Spyro. Uh, yeah, and they made Knack. So, yeah. I mean, it's the same... It's okay, the same. no, 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 no. Let us... No, it is not the same. Uh, Puppeteer and Knack should not be spoken of in the same sentence. Damn. Well, no, I love Puppeteer. The Reverend yeah. preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Moriarty is one of the great ev- evangelical voices for Puppeteer, uh, as the internet might remember. Okay, yeah, Puppeteer's good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, that, that those teams, there was some crossover between those teams. and That's hard to believe. Um, <laughs> that there's, I think there's a lot of weird stuff going on at Studio Japan. Very, I went there, and it was a very, yeah. very fascinating place. Huge building. Lots mm-hmm. of people. Um, and uh, so I think that they're... they're that same studio is like one in the same in terms of their uh, their pedigree to make a, a platform. Yeah. Now I, I didn't like Knack very much, but you know Knack, you can take what you learn from Knack, take what you learn from a side-scrolling platform like Puppeteer, and, and work out yeah. with something. But again, that's a waste of Studio Japan's time. I'd rather Aspire as a side-scroller, but uh, I think that'd be amazing. Um, little dragon side-scroller that sounds wonderful to me. Um, yeah. That would probably make it really. Yeah, it was yeah like a double jump huh? with the wings. That go no, no, they could do some stuff. cool stuff. They burn stuff. Yeah, yeah, but you could get more creative than that. There's I would a, say puppeteer had the head switching thing. You could, you could work out all kinds sure. of switch power. Sure, dynamics. sure, sure, sure. There's a lot of different. I like dragons. Big I would dragons. give Crash to and, and this is again. There's somebody. I'm not even. I'm, you've worked with them before. Is what I'm saying mm-hmm. on this one. Give Crash to our favorite guys from Guacamole Xbox oh. Studios. That'd be cool. Not oh. first party. Not really second party. They were pub fun for a while there, but you know what I mean. Yeah, they're doing they, their they'd be awesome. They seem like a good fit for that. They're on the verge of blowing up. I think uh, they already blew up. I thought Guacamelee was a coming up party. Yeah, I mean, they're working on new things now, but well, sure. I'm talking with them on Thursday. We'll have more yeah. with them on Friday. Greg, I like that, though. That's, that's a, that's a really good next, choice. Yeah. That's that's kind of wonderful. Okay. That's it. That's it? That's all things? That's all we got for them? All right, and then the other thing you missed is from Sean. He says, it's for Sean. He says, congratulations on seven years at IGN, Colin! Oh, Yay! thank you. That's tomorrow. But well, it's, it's late in the day. I'm okay, counting it. Thank I'm counting you. it. We won't, be doing, we won't be thank doing you. a Beyond on your actual no, anniversary. No, 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 no. So I thought it'd be Thank impressive. you. I appreciate it. Hey, that's really rad. Congrats. It's been a thank long you. seven years, Colin. It how's has it, been. <laughs> how's it been for you, Greg? Uh, seven and a half then or whatever. I, was, okay. I got a few months on Colin. Okay. 
Cool. That's it. Uh, Thank you. Yes, I appreciate it. Uh, and Two sounds awesome, Jared. Sweeten and Two is a uh, pretty fantastic game. But you refuse to release it or put it on Vita. Well, for some I'm really reason. I'm holding it hostage. Uh, Internet, come to my Indiegogo. Uh, if I can raise one hundred thousand dollars, Sweeten and Two will be released by Sony. Well, that right. sounds great, but that's not now, Jared. If I want to know what was in stores right now, where would I go? Uh, to the store. But if you didn't get to the store and find it, you probably go to the Andrew Goldfarb memorial list of all that crap that comes after that. Yeah, yeah the upcoming. That's fair enough. Yeah, it's going to. This is a dismal week. But actually, there's some interesting stuff coming out if you if you delve in. Okay? Yeah. Uh, PlayStation 4 only game is Crimson Land, which is a top-down zombie-type shooter I've been playing. And you like it um, so far. It's, it's good. Uh, oh. It comes to PS3 and Vita later, I think. Okay. Um, it's... Uh, Apparently an older PC game. Never played it on PC. Who did it? Uh, Ten Tons? No. no. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's cool. I'll have a review on it later this week. It's it's a good oh. game. Uh, on PS3, Abyss Odyssey is available digitally. These This is from Ace, which I think is the South American team that did... What was that game with the rolling rocks? You know what I'm talking about? Where you, like, roll the rocks down the, tr- the tracks? It was on PSN. It was on PS3. Atlas released it. No, I do Game with the rolling rocks. Yeah, like where like you you take it, control. Is it a puzzle of, game or is it? Yeah, somewhat. But it's like you roll rocks. Where you moved like, them to like you moved them like square games. to square, and then like the squares would move, and you'd move, roll somewhere else. There are great games with rolling rocks. There was that can't. Super Nintendo Indiana Jones game with the big mode seven. Yeah, we know it isn't that one, cool. Jared. Uh, no, but it's still a great game with the big rolling. I can't rock. remember the name of it. Oh, Rock of Ages. Oh, there we go. Ah, uh, that's what rock it was. That's what, that's what it was called. A great movie too. I think uh, I think that is the same studio. But great I could Justice be wrong. League. Anyway, uh, on Vita, One Piece Unlimited like World Red comes out digitally. It's already available on PS3. Um, but if you want on Vita, you can get it now. And that is literally that's it. That's it. That's it. Wow. That wow. is one cathartic toss right there. Dang. That's wow. a lethargic, tired Colin Moriarty. I was uh, saying cathartic. You said lethargic. Yeah. Which, oh, okay. Well, look at him. Look at him. He's, he's moving at sloth-like speed. Oh, I'm tired, man. Gosh, I, like, yeah, I don't have any energy. Coffee. No, can't do it. What, at what point in the day do you, is it just over? Like two, yeah. And you're just cashed out, and then you're. I'm not cashed home. out. It's just no. like I, I say you can't I, turn it on like this. Yeah, for a like podcast. I, hmm. I do so much work in the morning. Yeah. Like I'm just like a machine answering emails and like taking care of things, and then I try to save the afternoon because I'm more tired and kind of worn out. Where I just like I try to play my games or, mm-hmm. okay. you know, whatever, do that kind of stuff. Okay, you know, whatever, man. Poor guy, you know, just tired. <laughs> just, <laughs> I really do. You out, might man. need that methamphetamine in your life. I know. Yeah, that's what like, I'm trying to say. I kicked it yeah. when I was 14 years old, as I explained. Coming but I, could, I got to kind of, you know, at the 29 years old, I mean, who couldn't use a little meth? Well, yeah, by the way, great Old Crow Medicine Show song, methamphetamine. Totally awesome. Yeah. You know the Okra Medicine Show? No, sorry. Oh, you got it. They're no. really good. Really I know good. the vegetable okra. Tennessee Pusher, really good album. Uh, Tell It To Me, really. These guys are great. They're kind of like a, a punk rock bluegrass band. Just oh, that wonderful. sounds good. Yeah. Actually, sounds like a good mix. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to listener mail. Remember, be part of the show beyond at IGN.com, just like Rock did. Rock, not the rock, but rock. Rock from Manchester, New Hampshire. Writes in and says, "Oh, Manchester, New Hampshire. I used to play there. Yeah, play hockey there. Did you kick his ass. You think the Manchester Flames were their team? I remember. Yeah, suck yeah. it. Flames. Used to be them. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Cullen in the ever rotating third chair. Now hard stop here, Cullen. Mm. Rock has stumbled onto something that blew my mind. Uh-oh. Look at how he spelled ever rotating third chair. He spelled it Eric, but with a three instead of an I. Mm. That's brilliant. E R three C Eric ever rotating third chair. Ooh, Rock, you get a gold star. You need to invite Sap in here now. He could be the. He could, then you would have Eric there. No, we're not going to do that. Eric Sap's oh. got no. If I want to learn how to grow a beard and make dog photoshops, oh no, 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 that's just uncalled for. I walk over there the other day. I'm like, what's up, Eric? He's like, I'm Rick today. 
I was like, what? This guy's a psychopath, and we have him working here. (laughs) Fantastic. Rock writes in and says, I'm 47 years old and have been a mostly casual gamer since my youth. I've never gotten into RPGs, but I purchased Child of Light on my PS4 based on a friend's recommendation in Vince's review. It took me a bit to shift from Resogun survival mode to Child of Light, but I'm glad I did. The storytelling, level advancement, crafting, art, music, and especially the turn-based combat has made this one of my favorite games in recent memory. So... Bearing in mind that I'm pretty new to this genre, can you recommend any similar RPGs for the PS4 or Vita mm. for this old that this older gamer may enjoy? Thank you and beyond. So, yeah. as far as I know, and I could be wrong, mm-hmm. Child of Light might actually be the only RPG on PlayStation 4 right now, like literal turn-based role-playing game. I think about it. One. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, think about it. I'm like, thinking. What I'm going. I can't think of anything. Uh, yeah. This is exhilarating airtime. Yeah, they they like this. But, yeah, well, they like they're this? either listening with bated breath, or they're, or they're screaming. screaming at their no. steering wheel. Yeah, How and they're they probably they might be screaming. But now, now Vita, Vita, is, <laughs> Vita on the other hand is a fertile playground. Yeah, for for role playing games. Yeah, it is oh, the yeah. place to I go. Mean, the for, thing, you know, we've beaten games. the drum for years now. Persona 4 Golden. That's yeah. immediately where I start you with a JRPG turn based game with a great story and everything else. Characters you love, great colors. Yep. But there's so many more. Characters you love, great colors. Great colors. <laughs> Gotta love those colors. Uh, Bullet points. Yeah, I actually, it's funny, I haven't thought about it, but Child of Light is a good starting point for people that mm-hmm. haven't played RPGs because even though it's actually somewhat of a deep game, it's not oppressively hard. It has a really engaging battle system in terms of like interrupting people's attacks and stuff, which is actually kind of unique. And uh, the leveling is so comically off. Like it happens so comically off. It's really fast. <laughs> like that, like it makes you feel like you're really advancing. Because in real, yeah. I, I hate to tell you, what's this gentleman's name? This is Rock. Rock from Manchester. Manchester's uh, Rock. It, uh, RPGs make you work for it, and yeah. and Child of Light really doesn't. So, um, yeah, I would recommend a number of Vita games, even PSP games that you can play mm-hmm. on Vita. Yeah, um, East is a good one to try out. Memories of Celsida. Uh Final Fantasy X's on there. If you're yep. into that, I'm not really super into that game. Um, Speaking of the Final Fantasies, if you want to give it a shot, then you go to the PSP library and grab Final Fantasy Tactics mm-hmm. or Tactics Ogre. Let oh, us cling oh, together. Yes. Let us cling together. S- such a dumb name for such a I actually, spectacular video I game. I really actually like that name a lot. What, what? Really? Yeah. Can we cling together? Yeah, we could. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm asking you if we can cling. Let us cling together. Sir, sorry, my um, water bottle got in the way. Um, yeah, those are great. Yeah, so War of the Lions and Let Us Cling Together are yeah. two great recommendations. Uh, I'd actually go and play. If you've never played those games, uh, quit your job <laughs> or school. Yeah, um, and Leave it charge all your PlayStation Vita um, and just throw it all on the line, Greg. Because Final Fantasy Tactics is one of the best games of all time, and Tactics yep. Ogre is not far behind it. And I'm actually, while this may sound blasphemous, going to slightly reverse that. Oh, I think dear. Final Fantasy Tactics is also one of the best games of all time, and Tactics Ogre is slightly above it. Oh, so dear. Both great. Oh, both great. But I had a friend that you mentioned lose your job. I had a friend in college lost his job to Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, that He just well, he stopped, going, he stopped to going to work. work? Yes, he just stopped going to work. So well, where did he work? He worked in the cafeteria at the nice. uh, college. But uh, yeah, he lost job his job. Job sucked anyway. Yep. Uh, funny m- note about Tactics Over Let Us Cling Together. The final game I played on my PSP. Oh, nice. That, that was, was a good the way last game off. I ever played. It. That was a good way to send it off. My PSP was like all screwed up at that point. Like mm-hmm. half the screen was like all color warped because yeah. I like <laughs> bent it at some point. And I, I remember playing it at GDC. So this is when, when 2011 it probably came out. It was like really late PSP uh, game. I, it may have been 10. 10? Uh, I think it was 10. Uh, yeah. So that was, pr- that, was a, that was it. Yeah. 
and uh, I pl- I play I just adored that game. It's, a, it's it was so good. It's such a good game, and it was the last game like that that mm-hmm. we've gotten really yeah. like that. I know some people like Fire Emblem and stuff like that. I played Fire Emblem on 3DS. Not crazy about it. The uh, it's it's different, you know, and the graphics are just like I'm not a graphics guy, but just awful. Fire just Emblem. Awful. Fire Emblem is a, is a different kind of tactical right, game. Right. Exactly. It, Fire Emblem is 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 almost a battlefield game. It's almost Advance Wars. Not quite. Right. Whereupon, exactly. Whereupon Tactics Ogre is a tactical role playing game. Right. It's a different kind of game. Right. And I like that. Yeah. It's yeah. a little more free and open. Yeah. Uh, I liked Fire Emblem fine, but it didn't grab me like t- like when I start playing Final Fantasy Tactics, which I play every few years, or mm-hmm. Tactics Ogre, which I I am sure I will go back to at some point. I can't stop playing those games like i'm addicted to time yeah. just hours just and, and, tactics, and tactics ogre lets you go back and do it again and again and again without it, it takes all the annoying parts out want to see all the endings just back up to the last node don't replay any content and get to play all the stuff you missed and it, it lets you do that over and over and over again so if you're completionist you can see every ending without repeating a single battle it's great uh it's a wonderful bit of design so there you go rock here's the one thing i want to talk out toss out on rock's question as a, about this year now, he says PS4 or Vita. I'm still holding out hope that South Park will come to Vita. Huh? Or, I'm sorry, to uh, PS4. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Vita could run it. No, mm-hmm. I agree, because the PS3 can barely run it. But I'm talking about, you know, a Superfied HD version. I think that'd be a great I mean, fit. I'd play it again. I love that mm-hmm. game. I'd p- totally play yeah. South Park again. I, loved, I, I had such a great game. time with that game. Such a great it's time hilarious. with that game. It's hilarious. It is. It was my favorite game of the year. Um, until? Until Shovel Knight came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shovel Knight's but it's my awesome. second favorite game of the year. I, I think my five favorite games of the year are... Now that I played Valiant Hearts, mm. uh, in order it would go Shovel Knight, uh, South Park, Child of Light, Danganronpa, Danganronpa, and then Valiant Hearts. Nice. Be my top nice. Five. That's, that's pretty rad. I still have South Park up front. Um, behind it, I probably have Valiant Hearts. I, here's the weird thing, I, and I know I need to give this a better chance. I didn't like Child of Light. I started playing it on oh. Vita, but I started playing it on Vita on a trip. So I was on the plane and immediately started like getting sleepy. And I'm, I don't know how much I can blame the game for that that it put me sleep. But it's one. It's my traditional problem with uh, RPGs, right? Like I don't like that world. I don't like fairy tales. I'm not mm-hmm. interested in the characters. So I'm already just like. Gosh, right, so you're we just, all set. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of screwed we just on go? that game. Stop then, talking. Yeah. Let's just do stuff. Oh, dude, the the the, the dialogue's awesome. Oh, the dialogue is awesome, but it's a fairy a tale. If, if you don't like fairy don't tales, like fairy you are tales. screwed. It's, it's my really, it's same thing happened to me with Wolf Among Us. I was like, all right, I, I didn't like I didn't like the comics fable, but I'm gonna tr- like this game. I'll get in. I'm gonna try and get this game. Episode one, I'm like checking the watch. I'm like, how long is this? Ugh. Episode two, uh, I, I'm like forcing myself through. Episode three came out, installed it, went to play, and I'm like, no, I don't enjoy this game, and I've never gone bad. back. Just haven't. That's too bad. That, I, but I mean, we all like different things, so it's 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 right. actually pretty cool. But it, yeah, I mean, you're kind of doomed. I feel like on Child of Light, if you don't like fairy tales, yeah. a game that's deliberate in iambic pentameter, you yeah. are just probably uh, sol. Yeah. You're really missing out, dude. That I think that game really is brilliantly it. written. Like I. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, "What is going on in this game?" And like, "Well, I can't." What I'm like, "Dude, this on? is awesome! Like, there's nothing like this." A game that pays attention to how the prose is laid out. Yeah, yeah that is like, beautiful. It's wonderful. It's they have awesome. a writer on staff. Holy crap! Yeah, it's very I, cool. It's very cool. That is that is what makes that like the, the combat's awesome and stuff. But that's actually what makes that game special. Mm-hmm. The narration. Yeah, it's the narration and, and, and the, the fact that the, yeah the writing and the narration are, are woven together the way they are and, and the dialogue. It was so well done. So you might, well just, you might shot, well just uninstall. Yeah, probably not going to ever get back into it. Ethan writes in. To be honest, at IGN.com and says, I've been contemplating getting Valiant Hearts. Seems like a great game for me. However, I'd rather play it on the Vita than on the PS4. Do you think it will come to Vita? And if it does, will it be cross-buy? I think it will come to Vita if Child of Light sells well on Vita. Okay. Mm. So probably not. 
Um, I think that uh, Ubisoft's shown a great propensity in the past to, to, to release their games on Vita. Yeah. Um, they did that with both Rayman games, and the Rayman games did pretty well there. But I was confused why Child of Light wasn't day and date, and maybe they got on board late with that or whatever. Yeah. Um, my assumption is that Valiant Hearts will come if, if Child of Light does well, and I, I think it would do really or work really nicely with the touchscreen, especially. Um, I think it will Vita. come. I, I'm holding on you hope that so? it does. I mean, granted, it's one of my favorite games so far this year, but I hope I want to play it there. I, I'd love to keep going on that, and I don't think it's like taxing it too much. I think it's an easy enough port. I don't think it would be crossed by. I've been Child of Light wasn't crossed by. No. So why would this one be crossed by? I've been stuck playing something for work, but that's the next one on my queue. I cannot wait to play Valiant mm, Hearts. It's good. It's uh, that music, man. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. Yeah, Makes it really it hits is. You right I, in the feels. I love the feels. Too. I I like I wrote I wrote an, you can read the editorial I wrote today on on Valiant Hearts on IGN if you like. Um, but I just like how it everyone you know everyone likes their fake history in games right mm-hmm. like Assassin's yeah. Creed. That's fine. Uh, but Valiant Hearts is real. Like that. Like these. You know. It's inspired by real events and real battles, and it's not like a different kind of take on it. Obviously, no one's sending a dog yeah. into chlorine gas to like get you know an item that you need to figure out this get puzzle. A, Obviously, that's not happening, but right. it's just it pays such a be- beautiful and astute attention to like to to its subject matter, and never seems oppressive, but always puts you into the role of your character and, and makes you feel like you're in early 20th century Europe. And, and I really, really, really like it. Yeah. Is, it like, set, yeah. uh, is it set? Is it set at Verdun? Uh, it's set in multiple places. Okay, they move I won't on. spoil it for you. All right, cool. It, it, it travels the whole four-year duration of the war through oh. different characters. Oh, um, so what I wrote about was that I liked how it was, it, I, I compared it to Oregon Trail in the sense that like this was hmm. a game that was fun um, that we played in Apple II Labs when we were kids or whatever, and it taught you a little bit about history, but it didn't seem like you were learning anything about history, but you mm-hmm. kind of were. Like, oh, you learned a ton. Um, and economics. Yeah, exactly. Like, and about you be the banker and the farm. Yeah, like, and well, how to you hunt. Like, it, was, it was a bunch of stuff in that game that was embedded in that game that you didn't realize like, made you understand yeah. that journey westward, right? And I kind of feel like Valiant Hearts is the same way. It doesn't feel oppressive, but it makes you learn about something that you a lot of people don't learn about, which is the Great War. Like, yeah. it's, I said in my piece, it's not a glamorous war. It's it's a it's super. The war, it's the word that destroyed glamour. You're right, uh, exactly. <laughs> it was it was the first indu- truly industrial war, horrifying death count, a, yeah. a front line that barely moved, like people just dying for no reason. The first use of like you know, technically Chemical weapons war, of right. mass destruction was yeah. with gas. Yeah. Um, like there's all of these things in this war and it also is a war that we as americans got into very late and probably had no business getting into at all and mm-hmm. didn't really do anything and even though people died and we appreciate that and we, we respect that the war was kind of already going down that trajectory anyway mm-hmm. but there's so much fascinating stuff within the war and why it happened um and the fact that it obviously directly led to the rise of the nazis and yeah, world war ii yeah. that like it you shaped to, the it shaped the last hundred years really exactly did. treaty of versailles um you know uh the Weimar Republic leads mm-hmm. to Nazi Germany and all these kinds of things. So there's a reason to learn about World War One, but it's also just an interesting battle that a lot of, or you know, war that a lot of people don't don't talk about because you can't play it as a shooter. It was know? the it was the death it was it was the death of optimism. It was the end of of the serious socialist movement across most of the world. It was the the place where our poets went from people who talked about what was possible to people who talked about what wasn't possible. It changed us as a as a as a species. And I, I think that uh, anything that's going to tie us into that, this, I'm just like I'm sitting here like, why am I not playing this right now? I need to run out the door and do this. this, this yeah, you're amazing. gonna you're gonna like it. And after I beat it, I went and downloaded a book. Um, it's called like the Long Road to War or something like that. It just came out like last year. It's like six or seven hundred pages. It's pretty dense, but it's good. And it's about Europe for the 15 years before the war, and like how, like you were saying, yeah. everything changes. And 
yeah, optimism goes to pessimism and all those kinds of stuff. And you feel that in the game yeah. from yeah. the very beginning. Because um, you're right, like everything was very, there was a lot of idealism oh, yeah. in Europe in the early 20th century that wholly disappeared and Europe just fought it sh- itself for 40 years after that. So They uh, delayed, though. I mean, the war was effectively delayed by, by a, a multinational socialist gathering the year before that managed to stave it off for a few months because they, they just believed that if we all tried hard enough, uh, or a number of people believed, they might actually be able to make the world a better place. And that idea has, has, at a nationalist level, largely been crushed since then. That war just threw that horrible reality into our face. It, you, know, it's what it, you know, read the trench poets, guys. Um, uh, if, you're, if you're listening, uh, it's, there's a lesson to be learned. And a good place to start, of course, is All Quiet on the Western Front, if you've never oh, read anything. Yeah, yes. it's not a bad book. Yeah, and... and uh, I love that book. Yeah, read uh, uh, also Regeneration. Um, that's another one. Have you ever read that? No. That's that's an interesting one. Read that. Liam writes into Beyond at IGN.com to lift the spirit of the show. He says, Beyond, hey yeah. guys. Hey. Love the show. And thought I would give you some quick fire questions. Greg, a Superman game from Telltale or the perfect Spider-Man game from Ubisoft? Okay, where did the Superman from Telltale thing come from? Because I have been dreaming about that. People have said that for a while. Oh, now, my Because that's God. the only Superman's too can make game. Blah, blah, blah. Well, there oh, you go. Okay, Just take away yeah. all combat and fighting. Oh, well, yeah, that's his thing. Okay, that's okay. Uh, yeah, Superman game. Spider-Man, what, come on. He's had a lot of great games. Let's give Superman one that doesn't suck. Yeah. Colin. Yes. Telltale, political thriller of House of Cards or West Wing? <laughs> <laughs> I think West Wing would be fun, more fun. It's a better show. Yeah. Uh, neither, though, preferably. What? I want I want Telltale to do its own thing. I don't want them mm. to like. But they do such a good job to, with these. Licenses. I know, but make something unique. What if CJ Craig did the Jackal in the game? That oh my god, that's such a weird episode. <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> what do you? I, uh, that's like that's like such an obscure okay, you know, episode. You know, okay, as, <laughs> yeah. as 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 we you know to 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 create that that polarity as conservative as as you are often. Labeled as being, I, I, I'm probably that liberal. And so the West Wing is like porn for liberals. Uh, you watch it and you just feel so good. I, I love that show. Yeah. And, and yeah so I, awesome. I, I, I'm not surprised by that. It's a brilliant the show. Is such a, uh, but yes, such that is a scene. bizarre episode yeah. of the West Wing. I agree. That, that whole thing is strange, but yeah. Rotating third chair. Yeah. Cloud saves or a four terabyte hard drive on a PS4? Four terabyte hard drive. Recently, I watched Independence Day again with my wife, which mm. made me understand that the cloud is how the aliens were defeated. Yeah. Uh, the cloud is a huge vulnerability. We should do nothing in the cloud. Uh, it's is a terrible idea. Oh, think about it. Remember well, the Jeff mothership's Goldblum? beaming everything. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, the mothership beams everything down. So Jeff Goldblum's able to reverse it. He puts it in the little pod, which beams it up to the mothership, which disables yeah, all the alien attackers. It's a, it's effectively a cloud computing hack. Like they do a DOS attack and destroy the aliens. <laughs> they with are a Mac. anonymous. Yeah, with, with a, a Mac. With yeah. a Mac. Yeah. With totally incompatible hardware. Oh yeah, hey, man. Jeff Goldblum was a genius in that movie. Uh, not only does he manage to hack their network, but he also manages to make the little skull on the screen go. Yeah. Ha, rah, 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 so brilliant. Yeah. What a movie. One oh. one day, Greg and I will go into my theory about how Jeff Goldblum plays is the same character in Jurassic Park and Independence Day. It's the oh, same let's go faster. Let's go faster. Go, 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 go. It's the same person. I, I agree with you, actually. He is the same character. Th- totally. It's the Good same friend. universe, and he's the only one that remembers the dinosaurs. The, yeah. Dr. There was Ian a line Malcolm about that or something. And... There's like an outtake he made a joke about dinosaurs. What is the name of his character? You know what? You're Never mind. There's I don't remember. Uh, I, I know this. In what, which movie? Independence Day. Because he's Ian Malcolm in, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Jurassic Park, but in Independence Day, he's uh, he's not Steve. Some, Steve is uh, something Steve with a J. Is the Will Smith. Um, oh, I just do not remember. But okay. the fat lady sang, and he flew in the air with Harry Connick Jr. And right, yeah. uh, Greg, best alcoholic beverage to have with chicken wings, beer. Colin, Al Jazeera, American app or PlayStation co- on PlayStation consoles, yay or nay? Yeah, I mean, if that's what people want, that's fine with me. Okay, well, that was good. Uh, Jared. Yeah. You get the honor of picking the last question. I get, I get Your topics pick. include... I'm just reading the topics. Okay, all right. 
Borderlands Vita, mm-hmm. open world games, uh-huh. knob switched, uh-huh. knob switch, movie based games, uh-huh. live streaming on the PlayStation Four, okay, online play, okay, a career in games journalism, uh-huh. a brand new IP. You know, I'm going to go with uh, a brand new IP. Oh, okay, great. This comes from Ryan Delaney. Or Denley. Ryan Denley, that's better. What's up, Beyond. Ryan? Beyond. Beyond. Greg Collin and the ever-rotating third chair. If you were tasked with creating a brand new IP and were given the keys to one of Sony's first-party studios, A, which studio would you pick? B, what kind of game would you make? Ooh. In this scenario, there are no executives to answer to, <laughs> and... You don't have to be concerned with how well it will sell. You can make whatever you want. Thanks to Beyond, Ryan Denley. Okay, I've got an answer to this one. Go. For purely selfish reasons, I'm going to pick Studio Japan because I love Japan and would love to live there again. Also, they've uh, made the puppeteer, which I love and think is beautiful. Yeah. It probably wouldn't be the better, best suited for this project, except on the visual side, but who cares? Uh, they're going to make uh, a Toontown game for me. I want an open-world Grand Theft Auto-style game based on Toontown from Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. I want it to be inhabited with Warner Brothers and Disney characters, other cartoon animes. So since money's no object and this is a fantasy universe, you're going to be able to throw portable holes up against walls and investigate the insides of buildings, do some Eddie Valiant stuff all over the place. Sure. Because, yeah, that's I want Toontown, the open world game. Okay. Uh, and a beautiful cartoon art style, goofy, because I love open world games, but unfortunately, because of what's safe and what sells, we generally go with what's familiar. Well, here's a realistic city. Well, here's a Skyrim-ish universe. Well, here's a post-apocalyptic wasteland. And beyond those three things, yeah, yeah, beyond, we don't break out of that very often. It's risky to build a whole new world and spend all that all that money, and then wonder if people are actually going to wander around in it. So, studio stick with what's safe. But I want to go someplace fantastic. I want to go someplace I haven't been before. That's why I look forward to No Man's Sky. But that's a whole other uh, discussion. Nice. Uh, first of all, I'm already intrigued by the fact that Gorilla is apparently working on an open world mm, RPG. Yes. With that said, which is totally weird and awesome. Uh, with that said, I have to go towards where the most talent is concentrated in studio mm-hmm. in this in the first part of studio. It's Naughty Dog. Yeah. And Think about what they did with The Last Watch, which was basically a zombie post-apocalyptic game. So not an uncommon thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they made it into something special and unique. It's Game of the Year. It's arguably the best game in generation. It's one of the best games of all time. Uh, I would like to see them do a military shooter, first-person oh. shooter. And I would li- I, I want to see what they do with it. I'm like, so do a Call of Duty. And like, what what could they do to, to that game? So a fir- like from a first-person perspective, they don't make first-person games. Yeah. And... What kind of story do you have? What kind of character development do you have? What kind of story can you tell and plot can you tell? Oh, send it a kid. It would be amazing. Like, send a kid through Tet in 68. I, I, that'd, be, that'd be nuts. So the story you could tell there. I, I think about this. My old dad was a, my dad was a Vietnam veteran. I think about the stories I finally managed to drag out of him after, you know, years and years of knowing him. You could tell an amazing story with good writing in it. He was a Tet? Shooter. Huh? He was at Tet? My dad arrived at, you know what, that's a long story. Yeah, yeah. he was there in 68, 69. Wow, yeah. that's a so, bad time to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's what I would want to see, is just, a, like, a studio that talented with storytelling sure. take uh, one of the great tropes of the industry, which is a military shooter, and just... Yeah deliver because i know they would yeah so that's where i stand on that uh i I flirted with naughty dog but i came down on sucker punch and i'd like to see them do a superman game with heavy involvement obviously from dc uh you know sucker punch gets making a superhero game an open world superhero game i'd like to see them work alongside bruce tim tell a superman story something along those lines great i get jeff johns in there bruce tim jeff johns working on it 
Greg, would you be in favor of like a nineteen, you know, a golden age Superman story where he's less powerful? Has that see? This is what I always go back or... to the fact that I think you can do a Superman game. Like the problem is, we I always talk about this, right? That as much as I love Christopher Reeve movies, mm-hmm. the the Superman series, it broke everyone's understanding of Superman because suddenly he became a god. Yeah, exactly. Superman. Yeah. Superman. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> like you know, the animated series version of That's Superman. That's Superman too, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But me, whenever you, know that, you mention it, Scarpino yells it out. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought the animated series version of Superman walked in nice line right of like mm-hmm. he could be worn down with like traditional weapons sure. theoretically he could get really screwed up by that stuff you know what i mean but he moves fast enough he gets around well he's so. post-crisis superman yeah right? exactly yeah, totally. exactly yeah. and the people don't understand that and i think that's the problem you get hung up on and i i, mm-hmm. I have of course written the superman story for the game in my head okay i have I was, two different games i've put together but. i with without contradicting you my question actually wasn't aimed at at the power level problem in total, sure. just that setting. Do you care I would, about that? I, no, okay. I don't. I, I would All say right. not to because it's already one of those things where if we, like, you know, like Batman, right? Yeah. Batman's been so successful now that I, like, I was really hoping that Rocksteady's next Batman game, when they, we didn't know what they were doing, was yeah. going to be Batman Beyond. Because okay. I thought they had set they had set the stage enough where they're like, they can do that now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we need to get a couple good Superman games under our belt that make sense okay. with the character people currently know before we start branching out and telling, telling Silver Age, stories. Golden Age, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love Golden Age Superman. Is He's almost like this, like, evil god you know he's just he doesn't really understand jumping over a lot buildings of the time. beating the but hell out of yeah, white beaters and, and, and like his, the plots of the stories or something like Lois and Lana which of you love me more yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. it's just like what yeah sorry no it's fine Ladies and gentlemen, that's been Podcast Beyond, episode 351. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, Podcast Beyond posts as an MP3 on your podcast service of choice alongside IGN.com every Tuesday. Sorry we're late this week. It's still Tuesday. It's just late in the day. But yeah, it's late in the day. Colin's worn down. Every Wednesday that's we go up as tired. a video on IGN.com, YouTube.com, slash IGN, and the IGN PlayStation 4 app, which costs you nothing except the cost of everything we listed earlier in the show. Electricity, <laughs> the yeah. internet, the internet, time, emotional yeah. connections, yeah. relationships. All of those things. Yep. Uh, yeah. Remember to send your questions to beyond at IGN.com. Remember to go to IGN.com because that's what keeps the mics on. Read the articles, watch the video, sign up for Prime, buy a shirt at splitreason.com slash IGN. Then follow everyone on Twitter. IGN is IGN. I'm Game Over Greggy. Colin is no taxation. Jared Petty is Petty, comma Jared. That's me. Every Podcast Beyond ends in a segment we call Ryan's Wrap-Up. It's where you send us a song you wrote, and I'm making an exception here, but start sending songs you wrote. I'm sick of these gosh darn emails that are all like, my friends have a band, and I'd really like, this is the final one I'll ever do of that. Now, if, we, will ever? Just signed up, ever? Uh, we will sign off abruptly. This is an I ultimatum? This is an ultimatum. I'm sick wow. of these people half-assing it with like, oh, I was, I, was, I was laying in a ditch and this car rolled by and I heard this song and I liked it a lot. This is Patrick. Patrick says, Dear Greg, Colin, and the ever-rotating third chair, Beyond. 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 I was hoping you played this song named Aboriginal as the song of the week. This song is very special to me because two of my friends are in the band, Cole and Steph. I met them because of gaming and connected with them by playing games. They have done more for me than they honestly know, and I was hoping I could return this favor if you played their song. The band should be especially important to Colin because, as a matter of fact, they are from Long Island. Lake Grove, to be exact. Oh, you know Lake Grove, boys. Yeah. Did course. you hang out there once in a while? No. Okay. Do you have any good restaurants in Lake Grove? No. 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 Sure Anything good to say about it at all? No. It's got so a nice lake? Much... It's a nice place. Okay. Oh, right. yeah. The band's name is Redstone Repeater, and the song's name oh, is Aboriginal. Name. You can download it for free, along with their whole EP at <laughs> practiceroomrecords.com slash project slash Redstone Repeater. If the Beyond PlayStation community has taught me one thing, it's about helping and giving back, so I wanted to give back to some of my best friends. Thank you, Patrick. You get to give back to them, but no one else ever will. 
That's it. And Darkest Year Band is from Long Island. Then no, I was just gonna say it. How am I gonna check that? I don't know. You gotta, you gotta look into. I'm it. never gonna check you it. Gotta, <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna check that fact. Did you just decree the end of positivity for the Beyond community right here? Right. Greg? That was it. We're not reaching out and helping I'm others. Just it's all about ourselves. A now. lot this week where people are like, oh, my friends. So did here this. are the rules. You know? If if you have a band and you want your music on podcast Beyond, you can email us at beyond at ign.com. Mm-hmm. Unless your friend's band is from Long Island, not Brooklyn or Queens, but actually Long Island. Okay. And you're not in that band, that is still allowed. That's allowed. That's the exception. Simple rules. <laughs> Just like getting on 350. <laughs> Ladies okay. and gentlemen, thanks for listening. This is Redstone Repeater with Aboriginal. Beyond. 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 Beyond.